everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm here with Colleen, my vice president of the Entrepreneur and Innovation Club. And again, my name is Taryn. And today we have a really exciting episode with a, an Olympian with us. We have Christine Robinson. And I'm going to let her introduce herself just so I don't miss up any of the numbers. <laughs> so hi, Christine. How are you today? Hi, I'm great. Thanks. Super happy to be here. So yeah, like Taryn said, my name is Christine Robinson. I'm from Montreal and I was on the 2004 Women's Olympic water polo team. I've uh, just very recently retired and now here doing my MBA at Smith um, through the the partnership with the Canadian Olympic Committee and, and Game Plan. So I'm here on scholarship and very excited to be here. Great. Thank you. Um, so how did you guys do in the 2004 Summer Olympics? Uh, to be honest, we didn't really do that great, but I was really young at that point and I had just made the team. So I was kind of just really excited just to go to the games. I mean... The Games is a really crazy, magical, exciting experience. So, you know, I was kind of just happy to, to be there. And, you know, it's a really complicated process for women's water polo to, to qualify because there's only actually eight teams, whereas the men have 12, which is really unfair. But that's a whole other podcast, <laughs> I think. Um, but since then, my team has done really well. I've won uh, silver medals at World Championships, a bronze medal at World Championships, and three silver Pan Am Games medals. So there's a lot of stuff that I'm that I'm proud of in my career, for sure. Was it hard to retire? It's a little bit hard, you know, for... I was on the national team since 2003 and just recently retired. That makes 15 years under my belt. So, you know, when you've done the same thing for so long and you've got your, your heart invested into it, it's really hard to kind of leave it behind. But that being said, being here in the MBA program kind of gives me new goals and new opportunities that I'm also really excited about. So I think being here in this program made it a little bit easier for me to kind of let that go and, and find a new challenge. Mm -hmm, definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you think uh, your experience as an Olympian helped you prepare for this experience in your MBA so far? That's a great question. You know, I think, you know, throughout this process, I think I'm noticing that there's a lot of skills and, and qualities that I've obtained through my years in sports that are also transferable and, and applicable to this program and to, to working in business. Obviously, there's an element of work ethic, you know, drive, ambition that I think everybody kind of in the class really has. And something that's really cool about this program that I think works perfectly for me is the, the teamwork aspect. All of our work is done in teams, and that's something that I'm really used to and I think is, is really in my comfort zone. So it's kind of fun to be able to mesh those two things together and kind of take my strength working in teams and apply it more to a, a bit of a business setting. So that's been really fun so far. Yeah, and it probably felt good to not, as soon as you retired, to just be off out on your own. Like now you have a, a team, a still stuck with a team. Yeah, <laughs> stuck still with stuck with a team. team. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's the great thing about teamwork. It's like if you're having trouble you know, you've got a bunch of people around you that can help and support and, and kind of fill those gaps. And that's really something that I've grown to appreciate in this program because my teammates have expertise in areas that I don't and vice versa. I've been helping in bringing my experience and the things that I've learned to them. So it's a really cool back and forth and, and collaborative environment that I find has been really, really helpful so far. That's awesome. Uh, and so you mentioned the partnership that Smith has with the COC. 
Could you uh, elaborate a little bit more on that for people who might not be aware of what we're doing with them? Yeah, so the COC is the Canadian Olympic Committee. Um, They're basically the organization that makes everything possible for Canadians in sport. You know, they're the ones that brought me to the Olympics, to the Pan Am Games, and they're kind of the behind the scenes giant that, that makes everything feasible. They recently just started this partnership with Smith, which is a really exciting thing. And, you know, I got to give a lot of credit to the COC because when I went and and said thank you to the dean for this opportunity, he gave total um, congratulations to Chris Overholt at the COC, saying that it was really him that kind of pushed for the partnership to, to get some athletes into the school. So basically, the Canadian Olympic Committee has... Um, come up with this organization for athletes called Game Plan. And basically what they do is they kind of try to make more well-rounded uh, athletes, give them um, support for mental health, support for education, support for in the, in the job field when they, for when they retire. Basically just to kind of give you tools and, and help because when you're training and you're giving 100% of your time to your sport, sometimes you don't you kind of neglect to focus on the other things and what you're going to do after you retire. So they've got this really great initiative um, called Game Plan, which kind of made this whole partnership um, available and accessible. And I think it's been a really great opportunity, and I feel very, very fortunate to have been chosen in these these early days because I think it's going to get a lot more attention and a lot more athletes trying to get in here. So. Yeah. I'm kind of really happy that I got in here at the beginning, so I have a little bit less competition coming at me. I definitely would say that's a pretty pretty innovative uh, idea on their part. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, did you experience any like other innovation um, in your Olympic experience? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I, I think a lot of people, when they hear about innovation, they just think about technology or high tech and stuff like that and I think I see innovation in a little bit of a different way just finding new ways to do things and new things to create so you know obviously when you're playing elite sports the gap between teams at that level is very small so you really need to find ways to kind of get a level up on your competition and find ways to to kind of increase that gap so in terms of like testing and training and even for me being in a team sport you got to have to be innovative with your strategy and and finding ways to do things that other teams aren't aren't doing so you know especially in recent years i think they were, they're coming up with a lot more innovative innovative ways to to look at things and to kind of improve so for sure. Was the water polo team doing anything specifically to to step above the other teams? Yeah, I mean, we have a lot of uh, trade scientists, yeah, trade sorry. secrets. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, I won't give you all the details, but, you know, we do have a lot of scientists, physiologists, um, people that work with us to kind of help us find ways to get that that innovative way to approach things like we had a new tracking system where we were putting in kind of our recovery and how we were feeling and how much training we're doing to be able to kind of track on on computer and online how our training cycles are going and whatnot so that's I guess one little thing that I can share that yeah. won't put us at a disadvantage <laughs> to anybody yeah, listening <laughs> we won't share this with any international wallet report teams no that's actually really cool so it's kind of like a, a really advanced Fitbit for uh, Olympic yeah exactly <laughs> that's awesome um how about I when I think of an athlete and definitely of an Olympian I 
I think of an entrepreneur because you're taking control of, of your own career mm-hmm. while you're while you're an athlete. You have to push yourself. You have to um, make sure that you're advocating for yourself to get on a team as well. Yeah, definitely. Do you, I don't know if you agree with that or if you have any experience. Yeah, definitely. I think there's there's a lot of things that kind of match up and, and transfer over, you know, even in terms of if you look at it, um, for example, in a in a marketing sense, you've got to go out there, you've got to build your brand, you've got to market yourself, you got to find sponsors, you got to do all of the grunt work, no one else is going to do it for you. And, you know, it's kind of the same with entrepreneurship, like, you're your own boss, you're organizing your schedule, you're organizing your things, you're, you're setting goals for yourself. And, I think there's definitely a really huge, huge overlap with athletes and entrepreneurs. And if I'm not mistaken, I mean, I I don't know the stats on this, but I think there's a lot of athletes that actually go into entrepreneurship after they they retire. So keep a lookout. Colleen could that. Google that and get back to us. <laughs> <laughs> she was Googling Christine earlier as well. <laughs> not suggesting you do that too. Don't do it. <laughs> um, so I guess moving towards kind of the business side of, of your journey at the moment what do you what do you think uh being an olympian olympian brings to the business world or brings to an mba class so i think you know one of the one of the really big things that i've been very fortunate to do is to to travel a lot so i've experienced a lot of different places a lot of different cultures and i think that kind of worldview has been a really good thing in terms of my learning about people and and places and you know kind of a little bit how the how the world works so I think that's kind of a really cool experience that that I bring but you know there's the kind of basic stuff of just drive hard work um, dedication um, you know setting goals and having a a vision for the future I think that's something that's also really important because you're not going to get anywhere if you don't know where you're trying to go so that's something that I think is very um good to keep in mind and also one of the really important things that too that I think is important to mention is is resiliency you know something that's really been a learning experience for me in sport obviously I've won a lot of games I've lost a lot of games (laughs) I've had you know my share of failures and I think that that's important also in the business world and entrepreneurship and and innovation especially because you're not always going to get it right most people I don't think get it right the first time and, you know, I think if you look at those people who have been really successful, it's the ones that have failed or made mistakes and learn from those mistakes and those failures to move forward and, and be really successful. So I think that's a really cool point of overlap is definitely the, the resiliency piece. That's a great answer. Thanks. <laughs> very, very good answer. Keyword, secret word for this podcast, hashtag resiliency. <laughs> but not the hashtag, <laughs> just, just resiliency. That's two words. <laughs> yeah, the answer to um, the how many athletes are lots. Lots, lots. of athletes. Lots I'm, of athletes become entrepreneurs. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised, yeah. Yeah, there's no percentage. But <laughs> tons. Tons and tons. We'll see how Greg and I end up at the end of this, but... I could, I could see you and Greg going into business together. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. I, I guess we should introduce Greg while since we're, This is Greg Douglas, who is an Olympic sailor, and he's also in the NBA class as well. Uh, but I could totally see you guys going into business together, some sort of marketing. Uh, healthcare. Healthcare. Oh. Yeah, it'd be cool. Ooh, yeah. He could, he could sell your healthcare technology. <gasps> this could be a great yes. partnership that you guys are forming. <laughs> They said it here first, yeah. people. Yeah. It <laughs> happened here first. Yeah, we want a little bit of equity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Help 
build this brand. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. What? What? I guess my next question is: What kind of relationship are you maintaining with the COC while you're here? Do you have obligations that you have to fill? Um, yeah, I think you know. For me, in terms of my sport and whatnot, the COC has always been kind of like a a background driver you know we would always kind of meet at big events like the olympics and the pan-american games and and things like that so i kind of wish that we had a little bit of a more direct relationship but you know that being said i'm happy to kind of speak to how great this program is how great the the partnership is and kind of trying to get the word out there for other athletes to to join in because the COC is really doing a really great thing. So I guess my relationship to them would be a little bit of a marketer or yeah, a yeah, social media queen, if I may. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's really important for me to <laughs> get the crown on. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just trying to get the word out to, to other people because I think it's really important that other athletes know that this opportunity is available. Mm-hmm. I kind of came upon it a bit haphazardly through a a game plan post on online so you know the the more I can get the word out there the better as soon as I got accepted and I got that phone call I was jumping for joy because for me it was really exciting so yeah it was a it was a, a tough process because I was it's a bit nerve-wracking you know when you you're trying to do something and you're not sure if it's going to come to fruition but really happy that they that they chose me and Greg can't forget the future business partner <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> he would not be happy um, okay, how about, I have a couple of, like, spitball questions okay. here. What was your pre-game meal? Ooh, good question. Carbs. Lots of carbs. Just any carbs? <laughs> Bread? Pasta? Yeah, well, you know, they would give us kind of nutrition. I'm just kidding about that, but they would give us a, a kind of a nutrition plan where, you know, you got to have, like, your percentage of carbs and your protein and your veggies. But, you know, water polo is a very energy... Yeah energy consuming sport it's an hour of basically fighting and wrestling and you know just just being a little bit yeah it's kind of like rugby in the water if I had to make a comparison but you know gotta do the carb loading pasta with veggies and and chicken usually I would say kind of the night before definitely and then what would you eat after a game oh man depends if we won we'd go eat McDonald's (laughs) Don't quote me on that, but yeah, afterwards, well, it's hard sometimes too, because when you're traveling to strange places, you're kind of at the mercy of what they make you. So for example, when we're in China, we get some, a little bit of strange Chinese food, which isn't always the best thing, but yeah, you're kind of at the mercy of what they cook for you sometimes, which, you know, helps with the resiliency piece of just dealing whatever they kind of throw at you. Hashtag resiliency. (laughs) I'm trying to get it in there more than once. Yes. Don't forget the secret word. Don't forget. Um, yeah, I can't imagine eating, like, strange food and then going to have to be a, a professional athlete. I feel like it would be, be hard. Yeah, sometimes it's a bit hard, but we kind of started learning and bringing giant suitcases of food. Mm-hmm. So peanut butter is yeah, a huge staple for us when we go to China. And cans of tuna and things like that. Yeah, so no, you find a way to make it work. That makes more sense. Okay, one one more. Uh, worst injury during a water Ooh. polo match. So my probably worst injury didn't actually happen in a match, but it happened in, in weight training. I partially herniated two discs in my lower back. Oh. 
And I didn't realize it at the time until an hour later when I, I drove home and I tried to get out of my car and I couldn't move. Um, so yeah, I was flat on my back for a solid three months. I couldn't train or do anything. So that was really terrible because when you're used to being active all day and then all of a sudden you can't move, it's, it does crazy things to your mind. That was not a fun time of my life. Yeah. No, you bounced back from that. My bounce back. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Hashtag resilience. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) We'll, we'll get, we'll see how many more times we can use the secret word. It's not going to be a secret anymore. All right. Well, that was awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for for having me. For coming in. Those answers were spectacular. Thanks, guys. Very impressive. There was no prep on this also, by the way. Yeah. No, those were just off the cuff, Mm. and you did an amazing job. Thank you (laughs) Made us sound good. Good. I hope so. So, again, thank you for uh, coming and talking to us, Christine, and thank you for listening again. Um, We will be back next week. Yeah. We'll be back next week. Uh, so tune in. <laughs> Thanks. Thank Bye. you. Bye.